Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, what happened last night in the primary election, California, New Jersey, and elsewhere, was a huge deal. They are not regional stories. They are global stories. There was a total repudiation and rebuke of far leftism, which I have told you is cannibalistic by nature. Liberalism eats itself eventually because everywhere you go, this metastasizing cancer kills the host. I have told you that. I've got that. I've got my fight with Geraldo last night, which is very frustrating. I'll get into that in a second, too. And another economic tsunami coming by the Biden administration, which is ignoring the warning signs. Signs. He listened to yesterday's show. You didn't catch it again. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. My savvy listeners. They don't like people watching what they do online. They have a VPN. They use a VPN I use. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Get one today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I got video going um, of my little beef with Geraldo again last night. And another connection to the Soros DAs and what's going on and why George Soros wants to try to do his best with his groups to purchase uh, DA positions around the country. It's got something to do with what we'll call the, the FBI theory. Big show today. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. Release the hounds! So, before I get to the election earthquake, um... That happened last night and the economic tsunami coming. It's going to be a loaded show for you today. I want to talk about what happened yesterday with Matthew McConaughey, a very famous, very talented actor, by the way, at the White House yesterday. Matthew McConaughey, you probably heard, was all over the news. He uh, showed up in the Brady press room at the White House, which is, you you know, a taxpayer funded facility, by the way. And uh, he gave a really passionate speech. And I appreciated that part about the victims of this Uvalde murderer Um, The massacre there, which those stories should be told often because a civil society can't have these kind of things happening. We just can't. Uh, I mean, is it that does that even need to be said? A massacre of children? I mean, this is the kind of thing. If that's a political issue, then you really need to get out of politics. It's not. It's a societal, moral, ethical issue. We can't continue like this. So I appreciated that part of the speech. But I appeared on Hannity last night to address uh, his speech in the White House because he didn't just focus on the victims. Matthew McConaughey is a very talented actor. And and let me just say, because uh, I had an argument with Geraldo last night, which I'll address today on the show. And he mischaracterized again, which is what he does all the time. What I said, I I was clear in the beginning, if you watched, I'm not going to play the whole thing over again. A lot of you saw it last night. But I was clear in the beginning that I have zero doubt, zero, and I want to be absolutely clear on this, that Matthew McConaughey sincerely is, is hurt. I mean, he's a Uvalde, he was born there, that he's sincerely hurt by this and probably believes that he can contribute to trying to you know, fix the problem. I don't doubt that. But folks, that's not all that he did yesterday. He proposed a bunch of policy-based what they would call solutions that involve infringements on your rights and which I'm absolutely sure, sure 
he doesn't understand the ramifications of because he either left them out yesterday intentionally or didn't know them, which I think the latter is. Now, I was a little critical of that portion of McConaughey's speech, not the authenticity of it. I believe his, he was, I do not believe at all he was acting yesterday. There's emotion about it. I want to be clear on that. And I said that yesterday. Of course, Geraldo mischaracterizes it again because he does that all the time. You saying he was acting? Did you just listen to what I said? But if you're going to go up there and propose policy prescriptions that I think are going to hurt Americans, possibly get more Americans killed because it's going to backfire as we disarm Americans, then I'm going to speak out. And I have to tell you, I was a little bit surprised. It's okay. But I was a little bit surprised. And you guys haven't really spoken too much about this with the production crew this morning. But when I got off the air last night, I was very frustrated. I, just to be honest with you, I'm getting really tired of the debates with Geraldo. If, you, if I can just be candid, I'm just getting exhausted with it. He never lets me talk. It's just, it becomes a shout fest, cross talk. I get a lot of you are frustrated. I understand. I totally understand. But I was surprised. Um, a lot of you go to my Facebook page after these things and we leave it open for messages. And a lot of you commented, Gee, if I'm talking too long on this, just shut me down. He's like the ultimate, like you're talking too much. Um, but I was stunned for the first time ever, about 30% of the people, roughly, I mean, but I'm pretty much in the ballpark, about 30% of the people were like, ah, Dan, you know, I think you were wrong. Uh, McConaughey, uh, McConaughey was great or something like that. All right. Which is stunning because I, I never, I never get that. And your feedback matters to me because you're the audience. You're all that matters. You matter to me. I was kind of shocked by that because number one, I wasn't attacking Matthew McConaughey personally at all. I can't say enough. I believe his feelings are absolutely genuine. But folks, if Matthew McConaughey wants to prescribe a bunch of policy prescriptions that I believe, I sincerely believe are going to get people hurt or killed, then Matthew McConaughey should run for office. I did. I lost. That's how I met Joe. And let me tell you something, it hurt. I ran multiple times. I put my name on a ballot. I did the work. I knocked on the doors. I raised the money. I left my job. I almost went bankrupt. I nearly missed a mortgage payment with my bank and couldn't even pay for my daughter's orthodontic appointment. At her. I was running out of money. I wasn't rich. If he's going to prescribe things like red flag, I wrote down the things he was talking about, red flag laws universal background checks and raising the age to buy a rifle from 18 to 21, then he should run for office. He, he's free to talk. Let me get the, maybe and be clear again, because I want no mistake about what I'm saying. He is a free American citizen. He is free to address these things wherever he pleases. But that is a taxpayer funded facility, the Brady press room in the white house where the Biden administration invited him up to talk about policy. I was really stunned that about, I got about 200, maybe maybe more uh, communications on Facebook messages about this. And again, about 60 of them were, hey man, we got to listen to McConaughey. This guy's, why? We, why? Why, do, why do I, why, why do I, I don't understand why I have to take my policy prescriptions from Matthew McConaughey. The guy is a talented actor. He said some great things yesterday talking about family values and American values, no doubt. But ladies and gentlemen, we are not the cult of personality here. I'm really sorry, but I don't take my advice on my constitutionally protected, God-given big R rights from a Hollywood actor. I, I, I don't do that. He has cultural capital. What he says is important. I, I am consistent on this. I said the same damn thing when Kanye West walked in the, walked in the White House with Donald Trump. Remember the show, Joe? Yeah, I do. A lot of liberals of were laughing. Yeah, yeah, Kanye West, what an idiot. And I said, listen, I don't take policy advice from Kanye West. I don't care if he's meeting with Donald Trump or not. But what did we say at the time, Joe? We said, but don't disregard it. He has cultural capital. Joe was there. Yeah. He has cultural capital. Matthew McConaughey, what he says is important, just like what Kanye did at the White House was important, because 
people listen outside of the standard political bubble, people who disregard Biden and Trump and don't care, but watch TikTok all day, listen to Kanye and Matthew McConaughey. So if you're going to go up there and use that cultural capital to argue for a policy, I'm very sorry, but to the 30% of people who were all in for Matthew McConaughey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to capitulate on ideas to try to sell myself and be a phony. Oh, he was all great. Let's forget him. What a lot of things he said were great, but he talked about specific things. Are those things not worth debating because he's a popular actor? We're, we're folks, we're not in a cult here. And my apologies to the 70%, maybe more, and do the exact math, who were, you know, on, on, on our team last night, the team of civil liberties and God-given rights. But I feel like I'm seeing a lot of this this morning. Would you guys agree? It's all over cable news, even conservative oh, yeah. stations. Oh, I mean, even conservative hosts, I respect. Oh, my gosh, he was so great. Oh, man. We... Did you hear what he said? I want you to keep in mind, with due respect to the man and his authentic, I have no doubt emotions about what happened. I have no zero doubt about that. This is Matthew McConaughey, not that long ago, recommending that we surrender our AR-15s and that they're, they get banned. This is our, our new iconic hero on the, on the right. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. As, uh, it's, as Steve Day said yesterday on Twitter, it's a no for me, dog. A big no. Check this out. Now, again, I stated in the March for Our Lives mission statement, how do we do this? They've got three hallmarks here. One, let's ban the assault weapons for civilians. And to my friends out there that are responsible, owners of these recreational, uh, or these assault weapons that they use for recreation, please, man, let us take one for the team here and set it down. Here it is, a Chiron right now. Moving message from Uvalde native McConaughey. Yeah, it was moving, but did you focus on what he said afterwards? There were a lot of people who gave passionate speeches. I have no doubt his emotions are authentic. But he said things that are going to impact you. This is a guy who wanted to ban the most popular rifle in America right now. We're supposed to ignore that? He just said it. We were watching it. He's like, this is the danger of these people with cultural capital, these cultural icons speaking out. I'm not sure they're informed on the issues at all. And everybody's like, oh, I love this guy. And what, what was he at a time to kill? I don't even know. He's in a lot of movies. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not interstellar. It was a good movie. He's a great actor. But we're taking now policy prescriptions. He's free to run for office. I did it. Let me tell you something. It sucks. It is a lot of work. A lot of work. It is debates. It is door knocking. It's handshaking at train stations. It is a ton of work. You want to do the work or do you want to just, you know, pop in and give a speech about a bunch of policy prescriptions and then pop out and everybody claps. So let's focus on what he actually said, because that really does matter. He addressed the support for red flag laws and to be candid and fair and objective, he said, and we should have a policy against people to abuse them. In other words, if I didn't like Guy and said, hey, Guy's got an AR-15, I told the Martin County Sheriff, and he threatened to shoot up a school and I lied, and you get him red flagged or something like that. So he gave kind of a what he believes is a balanced perspective. Folks, here's the problem I will always have it with red flag laws and why I will never, ever support them. Because number one, I don't think they will do a damn thing to save one life in this country. If you are hellbent into walking into a school and shooting a bunch of kids in the face, there isn't a chance in Hades that someone's going to stop you from your murder spree by declaring you red flag. You will find a gun. You will find a knife. You will find a vehicle and you will kill and murder and run them down no matter what. It will not save one life. And as I said with Geraldo last night, again, if you watch the clip, Geraldo's all in for this stuff. There is a red flag law right now, air quotes in this country. They're called parents. 
They're called parents. You're telling me your kid is so dangerous, third parties should red flag them, but you can't control your kid and prevent them from going and murdering people? And we're supposed to ignore that? So the parents can't keep a kid from getting a rifle and murdering people, but a third party red flag, that'll definitely do it. We have, I said it last night on Fox, we have a red flag law, parenting. Are we going to focus on any of this, the cultural breakdown, parenting fails, single family homes with no father, where the, the, the kid is totally disconnected and bullied all the time? No, the law is going to solve it, a red flag. So part one of why I object to red flag laws, it's not going to prevent a single homicide in this country from a murderous thug, murdering killer looking to do. It's not. But I'll tell you what it is going to do. It's going to allow government officials and others to put you on a list. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but I don't trust the government as far as I could throw a 600-pound football. You trust the government with red flag laws? On what basis? Hell no. No. Uh, You're darn right, hell no. You're darn right, hell no. I found myself on a list. Remember the social media monitoring list for Marie Ivanovich in the Ukrainian embassy? Yep. They're monitoring my social media. It's public. Remember that one, Joe? Yeah. You can check that out, folks. It's not a conspiracy theory. It happened. I found myself on a, hey, take a look at this guy list. You want the government to have the power to take away your ability to defend your own life with a firearm and put you on a list with, at best, corrupted due process? Who's going to put you on the list? Is it the same FBI who spied on Donald Trump? What about the 50 intelligence officials or however many who wrote the letter that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian information? Oh, those, 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 those people, those, those people. You want them to be able to red, red flag you? As Steve Day said yesterday, that's a big no for me, dog. I'm going to take a hard pass on that one. McConaughey's for it. So because he's a great actor who, again, for the umpteenth time, gave an unquestionably authentic speech. And I really I'm not attacking the man personally. I mean it. He's perfectly free to speak on what he would love to speak about. But if he's going to speak about policies like this, he has a duty to inform himself. And you have a duty to fight back. He spoke about some other things as well. You know what? Let me take a quick, because I'm getting really emotional. I almost started yelling and screaming. I get crazy. Let me take a quick break here. I was going to go into But he spoke about some other things I want to address, too. Let me get to this, and I'll get back to it. I just, um, very emotional topic for me, because I'm not, I'm not, I, my show's for you. And when three out of 10 people either missed what I was saying or are falling into this, like, hey, what, you know, we need to go for this stuff, it, I did something wrong. It's not your fault. I did something wrong on the messaging side. That's my fault. This is my job. Let me get to this first. Folks, uh, do you really think we'll get through the summer without another major crisis? Uh, Not with this guy in the White House. I don't think so. When you combine high gas prices, high food prices, food shortages, inflationary recession, and more, you can see why tensions are at an all-time high. Imagine what will happen if stores run out of food. Are you ready for that? I am. Um, because I use my Patriot Supply. If not, stock up on the emergency food your family will soon need. Do it today. Please don't wait. Here's how you do it. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. I'm really asking. These are sponsors, but it's a good company. They've been friends of mine for a long time. It is a very, very good company. I worked out a deal with my Patriot Supply where you can save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit. Get one for every member of your family. My Patriot Supply is the country's largest emergency food supplier. Millions of Americans trust them with their safety. They have over 50,000 four and five star reviews, plus their three month food kits are in stock and ship fast with free shipping. Please don't put this off any longer. Everybody needs to be prepared. Go to preparewithdan.com and keep your family well fed during the difficult times ahead. Grab a three month kit for every member of your family. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com and get what you need for what's coming. Folks, preparewithdan.com. Just listen to this one final, because I'm a big, big supporter of preparedness. It is far better to have this stuff and to never need it than to need it and not have it. Go today, preparewithdan.com.
com. Thanks, uh, my Patriot Supply. Happy to be a partner with you. So part two, again, Matthew McConaughey said things, policy things. He's free to run for office. He apparently doesn't plan on doing that, at least according to uh, what I got from his interview with Brett Baer yesterday. He proposed universal background checks again. Ladies and gentlemen, we already have background checks. Again, I mentioned this last night with Geraldo. Do they not know we already have background checks? In order for you to buy a firearm at a gun show or in a gun store from an FFL, a licensed firearm dealer, you have to go through a background check. Now, when the left says universal background checks, what they're talking about are private sales. When you buy a gun, Joe Armacost, from whatever, Donnie's gun shop on the corner, and Joe's son is a Marine. If he wants to give that firearm later, Jay, Joe's getting old. I don't know. He just doesn't want the firearm in the house anymore. Right. Joe says, hey, little Joe, here's my firearm. As long as Joe, little Joe is not a prohibited possessor, he's not. There's no reason the government needs to be. In- Why does the government need to be involved in that? Why? Why would the government want to have to have a background check from Joe to little Joe? Well, the reason is, as I've said a thousand times, and forgive me for if this is getting annoying, I'm sorry. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that based on the feedback from the McConaughey critique last night, that people don't understand the damage of what he's proposing. The government wants a check from Joe to little Joe. It's not so little anymore, by the way, because they want to make sure they know where every gun is. This has been a Democrat dream for decades. Why would they want to know where every gun is? So one day, if they ban them, they know where to go to get them. Listen to me. You can call this a conspiracy theory all you want, but it's really weird how everything I've told you was not a conspiracy theory that the left said was a conspiracy theory turned out to be true and how I'm now running out of conspiracy theories because they're no longer theoretical. The left knows full well that criminals don't go through background checks, no matter what. Not through private sales, not through gun shops. Why would a criminal not go through a background check? Because he knows he's a criminal. Why? Because he or she was there. You know, jail, handcuffs. They know they can't buy a gun. They're not stupid. That's why there's a black market and a vibrant one for guns. Just like there's one for drugs. But those are illegal too, Dan. Exactly. Exactly. Criminals don't buy guns through background checks. The left knows that. This has McConaughey. I'm not sure if I don't want to get in his head. I don't know. And I don't want to make it personal. But I'm not sure he understands that. This universal background check thing won't do a single thing to keep a single gun out of the hands of criminals. It will only give the government a list for when they ban these things to make sure they know where they all are and how to target their enemies. Oh, Dan, they're not going to come for all the guns. There are hundreds of millions of them. You're right. They don't have the personnel. But just like red flag laws, they don't need to come for everyone's guns. They just need to come for the guns of their political enemies. You know, like the Peter Navarros and stuff. Oh, that didn't. Oh, it did. Oh, it's right. The, uh, Roger Stone, maybe? Showed up at guns with his hat. Gives you a reason, right? Roger, you bought an AR-15 pistol a few years ago. We noticed when we were looking through our federal registry that when we banned it, you never turned it in. Roger, what happened to that gun? Well, I gave it to my son. Did you do a background check? Because we don't see that transaction. You're under arrest, sir. That's a conspiracy there. You sure? You sure about that? You sure? You want the government with a list and then the ability to red flag you and then the ability to arrest you because you didn't turn in your firearm? You keep up with that. Tell me how he's such a great actor again. Agreed. Point stipulated. He wants to run for office. He's free to do so. Let me play some video last night, finally, from the Geraldo thing on the final thing that uh, he, he, he proposed uh, quite a few things. But the final one I want to address, raising the age to purchase a rifle from 18 to 21. Now, my position on this, I made clear last night. Again, Geraldo didn't listen. He's too busy trying to talk over me. Um, 
if states want to do that, then that's the state's purview. I mean, there may be liberal states with city populations, with heavy urban areas um, that are just convinced that 18 to 21. I mean, I don't live in California, but there may be other states, Texas, Wyoming, Montana, where, you know, 18 year olds who are responsible go out and hunt. Why can't they buy a rifle? What did they do wrong? So I do not support raising the national age from 18 to 21 for a number of reasons. I made this point last night with Geraldo, and I made a legal point, too. It is a constitutional right to bear arms, which shall not be infringed. It's literally the Second Amendment. Now, the left, Geraldo included, keeps bringing up, well, you can't buy a beer to 21. Last time I checked, guys, is the right to buy a, a Budweiser in the Constitution? Did you see that, Justin? Yeah. Yes, Justin saw it. It's the 39th Amendment to the Constitution. Justin saw it. He's, a, he's looking at the wrong Constitution. It's a Geraldo Constitution. Because I haven't seen that. The right to drink a shot of Don Julio. In the, I haven't seen that. Because you don't have a constitutional right to drink beer, but there is a constitutional right to bear arms. And when you are a legal adult, that is your right at 18. So if we're going to infringe on a constitutional right, legally, it has to be done Pursuant to a compelling government interest. This is what the court stated. You can infringe on a constitutional right, folks. You have the freedom to practice your religion. But if your religion involves the murder of innocent people, you're probably not going to. What do you mean? It's that doesn't work that way. There is a, 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 the courts have decided that if you're going to infringe on a constitutional right, it has to be a compelling government interest. And it has to be done via the least restrictive means. No question preventing homicides with guns is a compelling government interest. Point stipulated. As I said, Geraldo, I'll play in a second. But is this really the least restrictive means? Here, more on that from my appearance last night with Hannity. You keep using the beer analogy. Geraldo, you're a lawyer. I have not seen Amendment 2.5, uh, the right to buy a Coors Light shall not be infringed. These are legal adults in the country. Now, having said that, if you're going to infringe on a constitutional right, according to the, the, to the court system, you have to do it. Via, it has to be a compelling government interest. We all agree preventing mass murder is a compelling government interest. Government interest, point taken. <laughs> Thank but God it has that to be we done agree on least, that, Dan. Thank but, God. But, but it has to, wait, I'm not done. There's a second part to that. And you're a lawyer. I think you know this. It's through the least restrictive means. The least restrictive means is not to tell every single 18-year-old in the entire country who's done nothing wrong, you can no longer purchase a rifle because of some nut. Then why do you tell them they can't drink beer? Why do you tell them they can't drive a semi? That's baloney, Dan. Did you just hear what I said? We restrict our our brains. All right. This is why I I get so frustrated. The crosstalk, and then it doesn't turn into it. It's just frustrating. It's why I don't do the rebuttal all the time on my show. We do it uh, as often as we can, but I understand your frustration. But it's kind of odd how they keep bringing up things totally unrelated. Well, you can't have a, a, an 18-year-old uh, drive a semi. Uh, where, where is that in the Constitution? What does driving have to do with the right to defend your own life? I mean, you want to talk about apples and oranges. This is like apples and orangutans. It's not even the same thing. And I also find it bizarre that lefties like Geraldo and others, although I'm not going to, I shouldn't say him because I don't know where he stands on a lot of these things, but lefties in general, they want 16-year-olds to vote in Joe's state. of uh, of, There was a city in Maryland wanted 16-year-olds to vote. They want 16-year-olds to vote. They're smart enough to determine where the country and the city's national policy should go. They want five-year-olds to determine their boys when they're girls or girls when they're boys. But an 18-year-old, a legal adult in this country, who's graduated high school and is ready to enter the world, who can vote and go into the military, should definitely not be able to purchase a rifle, although they did nothing wrong. Folks, listen, I grew up in the city. And let me tell you something. I know them all. That's a city folk idea. Because when you come down here to Florida, and I live in Martin County, which is not the sticks by any means. But it's not an urban area either. It's kind of like a big, small town. Would you agree, Justin? That makes sense? Like a big, small town? Yeah, it's a small town, but it's a big, small town. It's not where I live is. And I went to a, a, a party for a friend of my daughter's not that long ago, a graduation party, not far from my house. 
And, you know, I was talking to one of the kids here. I'm not going to say his name because the left will probably figure out who he is and come and burn his house down. But he was inviting my daughter out for a hunting trip they were going on. The kid's 18. The kid's not a mass murderer. He's a nice kid. His dad and him have been hunting his entire life. So that kid who's a legal adult should be prevented from purchasing a rifle for what? For what? I get it. It's Florida, and they moved that legislation down here. But my gosh, I mean, that if you guys want to do your thing, I just don't agree with it. And this is certainly not a national policy. I don't agree with that. That kid is, is, is a perfectly good, nice kid with a decent character and a great family. And they come from a different culture. I was walking out of the party. I saw four young kids. One of them was the, the kid I was at the party at's brother. They came in with fishing poles. They were out fishing all day. The kids were like 11. I didn't do that growing up. It's a different culture. We don't need a national policy. Your state wants to bump the purchasing age up. You know, you do your thing. I don't even agree what they did down here. It's not a national policy. All right, take a quick break here. I want to, there's another actor, by the way, who tweeted something stupid out as, uh, as usual. This guy's really good at this. I'm going to get to that. And then it's just some uh, debunking some myths about this stuff because someone commented, I do read your comments, by the way, when you send them on Facebook and someone made a comment about Australia that was so hilariously misguided and then totally objected when I corrected it. All right, uh, let's get to this first. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, so uh, speaking of actors, again, uh, who, who want to propose a bunch of policy prescriptions and things like that, um, I don't know if you're Star Trek fans or not. I don't know if, Joe, if you were, but George Takai uh -huh. was a, in Star Trek, I think. I'm not as he was, right? He was a Star Trek guy, I think. Yeah. He's at George Takai. Here's his verified Twitter account. He's, he's a big, huge lefty. He goes, crazy thought, but those 20 million AR-15s now in this country could sure arm a lot of Ukrainians. Holy Moses. Tell us you make our point about big R God-given rights without telling us you made our point. This is a lefty. Yeah, maybe if they were armed beforehand, there may not have been an invasion as George thought. George, <laughs> tell not being, he figured that one out. Probably not, George. <whistles> right over the head, George. That, that was a definitely a current thing tweet. Thank you for reminding me, Keith. Uh, also, someone, uh, some of the feedback I got last night, you know, people purport to be conservatives. I don't think they are. They, they put a little emails in the Facebook message feature when they did. I used to be a supporter, but you're wrong. McConaughey's great. And we should follow the model of Australia where they took all the guns and there've been no mass shootings. Uh, I sent her back this article from the Australia Institute, Australia, more guns now than before Port Arthur. Please, I, I, I read your stuff. You send whatever you got. Just, I really would appreciate, at least to the lefties who pretend to be conservatives, that you'd at least do your homework first so you don't embarrass yourselves. So if your point is that the gun ban led to less guns and less guns leads to less mass shooting, you understand you're making the opposite point, right? That there have been less mass shootings because there's more guns, right? Am I... Is it... <laughs> Is that a hard? Uh, forget it. Okay, moving on. Unbelievable. One more last thing, and not on that, but on a different topic. You know, oh, I find fascinating too with celebrities that when a celebrity comes out and supports a Biden proposal, which is what he was doing last night, McConaughey. You know, everybody's all over and loves him, and and even some people who you know are conservatives. Oh, this is so great. Yet again, when someone comes out and doesn't even necessarily support a Trump idea. But just like goes to the White House, like Kanye West, the left is like cancel that person immediately. So you see the asymmetry here, folks? This is why I always tell you, cutesy time's over. And cutesy time being over is not fun. It's not fun to listen to that 
powerful, authentic speech from Matthew McConaughey and have to object to things in it. We like the guy. We see him in the movies. He is a likable guy. But we are not the cult of personality, and it's not cutesy time. The left gives you no such deference. Kanye West shows up, and all of a sudden, the guy had to cancel Kanye West. They see the world different than we do. They understand asymmetric tactical political warfare. We need to as well. Okay. Um, spent a lot of time on that, but it's a passionate topic for me. I believe you have the God-given right to defend yourself, and I'm not going to let anyone take it away without voicing my concerns. There was an election earthquake last night, ladies and gentlemen, and don't please don't sell this short. Say, oh, Dan, it was California, New Jersey, is it South Dakota, uh, Iowa, you know, New Jersey, California were the big ones, the big states. Hey, we don't have any Montana. You know, uh, we don't have anything to do with that stuff. That, that, no, no, you, you do. You do. Folks, as I've stated for years, having run for office in a deeply blue state in Maryland twice, almost pulled off a congressional seat there too. I've warned you repeatedly, even wrote pieces about it, that these blue states become incubators for policies that metastasize and spread around the country. Where do you think defund the police that I'm telling you got people killed? Where do you think that started? You think that started in Dallas? You think that started in uh, Martin County, Florida? That started in deep blue states with deep blue cities and the idea spread around the country. These are incubators for things and ideas that metastasize like cancers and spread around the globe. What happens there does matter to you in San Francisco and Los Angeles. So what happened? Washington Examiner. Last night, the far left, radical, Radical son of terrorists, Chase Bowden was recalled with an overwhelming 60% of the vote in San Francisco. Woo. Washington Examiner. Yeah. San Fran voters oust far left DA Chase Bowden after just two years. Now, I don't just repeat the news on the show. Okay, great. And we heard, we heard about that on Fox. Did you read the numbers? There was something interesting in the numbers about Chase Bowden. Do you guys catch it? When you look at San Francisco around the city and the neighborhoods in San Francisco, Joe, you'll notice something really interesting. That the yes to recall, in other words, get rid of this guy vote, was the highest in minority communities. He only did well in the white liberal areas where the money is. Strange, right? I thought the left was for the little guy. Protect the minorities. We protect my minority. We vote for us. The white liberals get their own security. They don't really care. They have fancy alarm systems and everything. It's not their problem. It's your problem. It's only a matter of time before the minority community in mass, like they're doing now, especially the Hispanic and black community, start to wake up and say, I think we've been bullshit for too long. The numbers, not just the headline matter. White liberals, rich white liberals, destroying this country. And the minority voters are waking up. Now, are Democrats going to get the message? I don't know. Axios is asking the same question. This is a newsletter they put out every morning. It's not as left as Politico, but it's pretty far left. Politico is to the left of Lenin. Um, but Axios is pretty far left, too. But sometimes I read their stuff. Because Axios is saying this morning, hey, you think Democrats are going to get the message? Like, you know, this lefty lunatic, and so he was even too left for us in San Francisco, maybe the incubator of stupid policies here. Does San Francisco really have to be the home of crime, homelessness, drug use, retail theft? Now, I'm kind of done with that. So Axios's morning email had one big thing, California earthquake. That's why I titled the podcast that today. And the left is on the run. This is Axios acknowledging this. Keep in mind, a pretty left-leaning outlet. They say even in top Democrat power centers, Midterm year liberal voters are fed up. It's a bleak sign for Biden as Dems try to hold on to the House and Senate in November. Here's a political analyst, guy Ron Brownstein, said the result will, quote, rattle the political landscape from coast to coast. Notice he didn't say in just California. Here, another centrist Democrat think tank guy said, if national Democrats don't wake up to what happened to progressives in New York, Minnesota and San Francisco, this cycle, prepare yourselves for permanent minority status. 
Folks, there was another story out of California last night. A lot of people aren't covering because they're so obsessed with the Chase of Bowden race. There was a race for controller last night in California, too. One of the most important fiscal positions in California. California. You know who finished at the top in the jungle primary? The Republican. Lonnie Chen. Dan, you clearly said that wrong. No, nope, I didn't. Look him up. Lonnie Chen. Gosh, you know, can I take a simple victory lap here? I have repeatedly said to you for eight years that liberalism, cancel culture, and identity politics is undoubtedly a cancerous cannibalistic endeavor. Eventually, the village eats itself because liberalism can't work. And when it can't work, the only people who vote for it and suffer the effects and ramifications of it not working are the liberals because nobody else votes for it. Eventually, you run out of victims. They're running out. Because people are realizing they're not the victims of the horrible, awful Republicans. They're victims of the people they voted for, the very liberals they voted in office. It always turns around, folks. I saw it in New York. I lived through it. Now, Chase Bowden and other DAs around the country are all part and parcel to a left-wing effort to do what I call the FBI model of corrupting our law enforcement. I'm going to get to that in a second and the role George Soros plays in it because it's important. Let me get to my last sponsor first. So, folks, George Soros and these left-leaning groups figured out a long time ago that pouring all their money into presidential elections was a waste that they could do far more damage to the United States, the constitutional Republic and a representative democracy. If they controlled the law enforcement entities in the country, I call it the FBI model because liberals figured out a long time ago, starting pre Obama, but it really, really doubled down during Obama that if they could clean out the upper levels of the military and the FBI and put in partisans instead of law enforcement officers and military folks that folks, they control everything. I mean, candidly, Joe, does it matter who you work for if the people who can take your life, arrest you, and defend the nation are all lefties? No. No, I'm not talking about lefties at their personal policy. I'm talking about they bring their politics into the job. They figured this out a long time ago. The Chase of Bowden thing is just the end game. That was what they were doing. This has been going on a long time. I want you to read this Daily Mail article today in my newsletter. It's important. It's from yesterday, June 7. George Soros back groups have spent $40 million to elect 75 progressive prosecutors over the last decade. You know what that means, folks? One in five Americans now live in areas covered by his criminal justice reformers. They want this FBI model where they had partisans at the top of the FBI, not making law enforcement or intelligence or national security decisions, but making political decisions to target enemies. If you get prosecutors across the country, like in New York, where they can prosecute Donald Trump, you get prosecutors across the country <clears throat> who ignore street crime to create the fear chaos the left needs to create a dependency on government. You have what's called selective enforcement, where Donald Trump and Peter Navarro get investigated and arrested, respectively. And yet Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden get off with a pass. What does it matter if you vote for, if you find yourself having walked through an open door on January 6th and you find yourself in solitary confinement while Antifa can burn down a city. What does it matter? You can vote for whoever you want. A lot of this stuff happened under Trump. We won the presidency. And it was even worse because they controlled the selective enforcement mechanisms of law enforcement at the local and federal level. That's been their plan for a long time. And I will never, ever forget something that happened to me in a foreign country I was doing the lead advance for. When I was uh, in my prior line of work, Obama was taking a trip overseas. I'm sitting in a meeting, right, with a bunch of uh, general level people from their military about Obama's upcoming trip to this country. I'm the lead Secret Service advance. I'm in the meeting with the military guy, the military advance, and the staff advance from the White House staff. And I notice the guy's looking at me, the general guy, and he's not talking to the staff at all. And the staff guy is getting annoyed. And he keeps trying to butt in and the guy keeps waving him off and he keeps talking to me. So afterwards, the staff guy, of course, gets on me. You know, you monopolize the meeting. I'm like, monopolize nothing. I got to get answers. He wasn't interested in talking to you. I don't know what to. So I talked to the guy later, the general guy. 
And I'm like, hey, listen, in the future, can you address your questions to the staff? They ultimately make the decisions. We just handle the security. And he said, no, I won't do that. And he said to me, you know, uh, what he, he said something like, he who has the guns has the power. So we'll talk to you. And I was, I never, I've told that story a lot. I never forgot that. So you think in the United States, because we've lived here in a sound functioning constitutional republic for all of your lifetime, all of it, unless you're 200 plus years old, which I doubt, you're not Lestat from Interview with a Vampire, right? <laughs> You've never known a place where those who have the guns have the power. You thought you had the power and a consent of the governed constitutional republic. George Soros funded groups don't think that way. Those who have the guns and the ability to use them, DAs who can sick the gun squad on people and the FBI, they do have the power. They figured that out a long time ago. It's time for everyone else to wake up. We're going down that road now. It's also why the Soros groups are fighting this information war. Washington Times covered this yesterday. George Soros funded group of Hispanic investors buy up dozens of radio stations. Covered this yesterday. Free market, folks. I'm a capitalist. George Soros-funded groups are free to buy whatever they want, just like Elon's free to buy Twitter. Big difference, though. Elon buys Twitter because Elon is committed to free speech and said so in a tweet. You want to attack me when I buy Twitter if it ever happens? You go right ahead. He actually said it in a tweet. I don't mind conservatives owning these companies because I know them, like me. I have an equity stake, and many of them are committed to free speech. The problem is the left isn't. They know it's about controlling information streams and silencing conservative voices. Actually admitted it. Here's uh, Simone Sanders on her MSNBC show with this uh, activist Democrat guy talking about exactly this, the purchase of Hispanic language radio to control folks for, Joe, what's the buzzword du jour? Misinformation. <laughs> Which really, when, they say, when the left says misinformation, what do they mean, Joe? Conservative ideas. So whenever you hear misinformation, they mean conservative ideas. Here's them admitting controlling information is the end game. Check this out. This is consequential, what is happening. We're going to see huge increases in factual information being delivered to Latino voters. As Jess said, Spanish language radio is an extremely important outlet in our community. And I think you're going to start seeing dividends. It wasn't just enough to say, hey, Democrats need to do a better job because there was this huge media environment that no one had control over. And Jess and Stephanie took control of that. And I think it's going to be one of the most important things we see moving forward. Jess, that is high praise from Matt, okay? He does not say that lightly. No, he doesn't say it lightly. He totally understands that it's about controlling information flow, eliminating conservative voices, and falsely calling it misinformation. Keep in mind, the fountain of misinformation is exclusively from the left. The PP hoax, the Hunter laptop hoax, it's all lefty stuff. Trump said drink bleach hoax. It's all lefty stuff. All of it. It's always about being control, control. And uh, they're admitting it now. Let me guess to one, guess to one last cut. Uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre. Remember what I said yesterday about signs? Watch yesterday's podcast. It, it did great on audio, but for some reason the rumble didn't do it. I was very upset about that. We put a lot of work into the visuals. Rumble.com slash Bongino. We'd appreciate it. Numbers were down a little bit, but it was a really important show. I talked about it in the beginning. I think I'm going to address it on my Fox show again this weekend. How good leaders always are able to see signs and translate what those signs mean for the future because no one can obviously predict the future better than anyone else. That's what good leaders are. You wouldn't want a general on the battlefield who can never predict at all what the enemy will do. What's the point, right? Notice how even the, the Biden administration, which doesn't care about the economic signs, right, continues to lie to you. They can't even see the economy getting bad. And even when it gets bad where it is now, they still won't admit it. And now they're telling you, not only is it not bad, Joe, it's the best economy we've had historically. Just take a look here. Check this out. What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration and other experts as well, is that we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. <laughs> Come on, dude. I know you don't like, I, I appreciate, I deeply appreciate your restraint with the Muttley because it loses its umph if we use it too much. Yes. And I know you don't like it twice in a week, especially with a two for Muttley, but come on, man. That's freaking hilarious. Thank you. At least one. Yes. Two. I mean, I know. We don't want to. Yeah, okay. It's two. Two. He doesn't like to do this, I, which I appreciate. It, it, you got to like, but that's it. Better than. What? 
Ah, okay. We're going to have to wrap it for the day because I'm, I'm going to start. It's better than any economy. Inflation out of control, right? We have people, we, we can't get, you got, my wife went to the store yesterday. Best economy you've had in a long time. Again, not, not a joke, not hyperbole. I'll end with this. My wife goes to the store yesterday and she texts me, what do you want from the store? She went to the fresh market. I call it the quickie mart from the Simpsons. This is a, it's not a quickie mart. I just think it's a stupid joke. I make with my daughter. She thinks it's hilarious. I don't know why, but I'm like, Oh, oh you go to the quickie mart. Okay. I text her back. I'm like, can you get me what I tell her milk smoked almonds? I love those. I said, get me some cinnamon. You should put cinnamon in everything. It's great for uh, getting your insulin, uh, getting your insulin to work a little better. I said, get me a little this, get me a little of the salad dressing. I like eat a lot of salad, right? She comes back and, uh, so I, it knocks on the door. It's, it's too much personal information today. But she knocks on the door to get in the house. The one Guy's looking at. Uh, she knocks on the door. And uh, I, I, I go, oh, you need help with the bags? She only had two bags. She goes, no, that's it. I go, what do you mean that's it? I sent you like 20 things. She's like, yeah, I didn't have any of it. You know what they had? Cinnamon. I got cinnamon. So I can pour cinnamon, I guess, in my bag. That's it. That's what they had. Cinnamon. I go, what about milk? I drink a lot of milk. Nope. I go, what do you mean? No milk? She, no, none. None of the milk. No, the milk, I have to drink lactate. No, the lactate type milk. I like the fair life. I think it's a little bit, but whatever. Nope, no milk. No milk, no almonds, salad dressing. No, nothing. Here you go. Corrine Jean-Pierre says it's the best it's been. You're right, Corrine. Let's go. Hell, oh, wait, wait. Good point. You haven't done this yet. The Let's Go Brandon Cowbell. Thank you to the listeners. We haven't used that in a while. Oh, gas, yeah, gas, five, yeah, in Florida, where gas taxes aren't even, five dollars a gallon. Guy can't even afford to uh, drive over to the studio anymore. <laughs> I have to give him a raise just for gas. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really enjoyed uh, today's show. Please check out the radio show later. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, again, rumble numbers were a little down. I don't know if it's summer, but uh, I never lie to you. When things are great, they're great. But we're struggling a little bit on video. Please subscribe to my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino rumble.com slash Bongino. Watch the videos there. We really want to support alternatives in the parallel economy to the YouTube communists and Rumble's been growing uh, geometrically. So rumble.com slash Bongino. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.